Welcome to Business Unveiled Podcast. This is the place where we help overwhelmed, time-starved entrepreneurs like you make the profitable shifts to get more done and get more out of life. I'm your host, Angela Prophet, award-winning eight-figure entrepreneur and CEO. And in every episode of Business Unveiled, I'm bringing you conversations that will give you the expertise and strategies that will scale your team and business so you can get shit done. That's GSD in our world. So get your time back and grow a business that helps you be present in your life. Let's do this, y'all. This episode is brought to you by the GSD Academy. This step-by-step business productivity online program will share with you exactly how to shift your mindset, set boundaries, build rock-solid processes, customize your message in order to strategically grow your revenues and get shit done. Visit AngelaProfit.com slash GSD Academy. Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. I'm super excited to talk with our guest today because he uses one of my favorite words about entrepreneurship. It's kind of like a roller coaster. So buckle up for today because we have Tony in the house. Tony, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm super excited. Before we jump in and start talking about all the things that you're doing, and you actually went to business school, and I think you're like the first person that I met who's an entrepreneur who actually like went to business school, but tell us like your journey. Where did you grow up? How have you gotten to where you are today? Because you've worked with some like really incredible people, which you guys are going to have to stick around to hear more about some of the peeps that he's worked with, but give it, give us some context. Yeah. So, uh, I grew up in small business. My parents had a small Italian bakery. Uh, they're amazing bakers, but unfortunately they didn't know what they didn't know about growing up business. And so at the age of 12, uh, we lost everything. We lost the house, we lost the, the uh, car and even had to give up my dog to my oldest sister. And so it was a really hard time. And so I had to move in the three of us, myself, my mom, and my dad had to move into my other sister's basement. And so I lived there at a very pivotal point in my age. I was just getting into high school, had to drop out of my uh, private school I was going into, go into a public school where I know anybody. It was a really challenging time, but that time also kind of set the course for the rest of my life, really. And so from the very young age, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I mean, even when I was a little kid, I was trading baseball cards and selling those. And, and uh, you know, as I look back, I actually, as you mentioned, I went to school. I went to business school to learn entrepreneurship. And one of the reasons I did that, looking back now, is because I kind of wanted to rectify the past with my parents. And so here we are. After I graduated college, I decided to start another bakery. And this bakery was different because it was one of the first online bakeries. And so what we could do is we could take a cake, put a photo on it, and ship it anywhere within the United States. And because of that, we had a lot of success. We had um, we won Best New Product at the New York Incentive Show, and we eventually ended up uh, mailing cakes to Jennifer Lopez, to Jay-Z, to IBM, to amazing companies. And you know, back then, I was in my middle 20s, I, and, you know, I thought to myself, boy, entrepreneurship is not hard. You know, what, were mom, what was mom and dad missing? 
And that's when I realized that I didn't know what I didn't know. And so at the age of 28, that business also failed. But that affected me more personally because at that point in time, even though we had the best SEO, we had great PR, we had celebrity clients, you know, everything you could possibly want, we still failed. And at that time, I was newly married and had a baby on the way. And, you know, back then I said, I'm missing something. You know, clearly there's something I'm missing and I don't know what I'm doing, but who does? And that's when I started kind of the next phase of my journey, which was to work with the absolute best companies. So I and eventually ended up working with Ford, ADP, Google, a whole slew of amazing companies. And then roughly, you know, a decade ago, I left the corporate world to start my own agency to share what I had learned that the best companies do that a lot of, you know, small and medium-sized businesses just, just don't do. So it's really fascinating because like many entrepreneurs that I talk with, it's like the failures that has taught us how to be so much smarter and so much better as a business owner. And when I was reading about you, I just, I, I, I had to laugh because when I first got into the luxury wedding market, one of my very first vendors that we were just like instant best friends, he owned a bakery and he made these amazing wedding cakes. He would pump out a wedding cake for 300 people that was five to $8,000 and maybe do three of them a weekend. But then he had the bakery on the side. And so after getting more known and then doing TV shows and becoming like a celebrity wedding cake designer, he shut down his bakery. And he was like, what I learned is it was more of like just a love of serving the community. He's like, and we never made money off of that. Like, and he still won't give me his freaking chicken salad recipe, but his grandmother's, it's like no mayo or it's like a healthy chicken salad, but it wasn't that profitable because he didn't really know what he was doing, but he knew that he could do like three cakes in a weekend and make more in a week than he was making in a month at the bakery. And so a lot of people, what I have watched him do in his consulting company is help go into a lot of bakeries and I mean, even my friend who owns like the best Italian pasta restaurant in Nashville, and he has multiple locations, people don't understand, like if you don't know how to run a business in the restaurant world and the food world, like it's not going to work. Like you really do have to understand how to do business. So how did you go from, which by the way, I remember when the very first time a client was like, can you put this picture on a cake? And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> on a cake? But it's really cool. And and then it's a, you guys, listen, it's a whole different level of putting a cake and shipping it in, yes. in a container and making sure that it maintains the taste, the flavor. Like it's a whole different level. I even know people, I reached out to someone on Instagram recently. She was like doing these chocolate bomb things. And I'm like, Oh, can you ship some of those to me for Christmas for my family? And she's like, I'm in Florida. I haven't figured out a good way yet. So everything that I've tried, like with FedEx and the different containers, the chocolate bombs come smashed. And she's like, until I can really perfect that, like I'm not comfortable, but I ended up putting her in touch with like some of my friends in the entrepreneur organization who've mastered this 
but they are making their money from e-commerce from online. They don't even have a, a bakery that you can walk into anymore. Yeah. So it's crazy like to see how it's all changed. So how did you get from food over into like marketing stuff? Yeah, well, one of the primary ways we marketed ourselves with the bakery, uh, the online bakery was through uh, search engine optimization. So I was doing search engine optimization in the late 90s, 97. And that's kind of where I cut my chops. I later ended up doing that for some pretty, you know, in fact, that's how I got to work with those big companies. Because believe it or not, at one point in time, ADP didn't have SEO, Ford didn't have SEO. So I started a lot of those programs, especially on the digital advertising side. So what happened was when I was, you know, lost that company, I had to find employment, work, money. <laughs> and so you know, I thought, what's the fastest way to make money? And that's when I thought, well, you know what? Uh, let's go into sales. And the, and the first job I got was in automotive sales, which I thought was really interesting because that kind of led me to the rest of my career because I got a job uh, selling cars. And then in the meantime, because that wasn't my passion. I love cars. I love automotive, but that wasn't my passion. I really wanted to stick down the marketing track because that's really what I loved even back in college. And so I started looking for jobs and I, I, I was looking for a job in all things SEO. And believe it or not, they, nobody hired me back then because no one had a position. And then on the flip side, there was one company in Rhode Island that had a need for SEO and I was the only one they could find. <laughs> so there was no SEO jobs and there was no people that did SEO. So guess what? I got the job. I started the next day. And that's kind of when my career really took off because this little agency ended up growing and growing and getting acquired by ADP, Fortune 300 company. And at that point, we really were in the big leagues because that's when I, they needed me to really introduce how this works to them corporately, to all the automotive manufacturers and, and, and national uh, um, dealerships, AutoNation, all these amazing companies, I ended up starting their programs. And so it was just a really wild ride. And, and then what I learned, one of the things I learned was the importance of riding the wave. And so what I, what I call riding the wave is kind of riding the trend that's really hot. So back then it was SEO. Then a few years later, it was Google AdWords. And I ended up having Google's agency of the year. You know, we were spending like $400 million. And so it was just crazy. Crazy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's nuts. And then of course you have social media and now podcasting's hot. So I always try to position myself to be where you're having success. Because the thing is, you don't have to be the brightest bulb. You don't have to be the best person. If you're in the right industry that's growing organically, you're going to have success, even if you're horrible, just by the fact that things are growing. A lot of people try to go in areas where it's too competitive, which, you know, if you ever read the book uh, with the Blue Ocean Strategy, it kind I of talks about book. the, yeah, it talks about, that's the kind of the whole notion of it. So you want to be where there's less competition. And, and that, that means you have to be adapting. You have to always be changing to kind of where you see things going. Just by me looking at his numbers before I even got on and started talking and like looking into his background, I already knew that you had a lot of orange green in you because you've started and you've been part of multiple companies, which is taking a risk and starting new companies on the top of the trends and shifting and pivoting based on what trends are doing. So I already know that by, by this, but then this just solidifies it. So anybody that works in SEO and, and if you don't know what that is, it's search engine optimization. 
And every month I feel like I learn more and more and more about like SEO and how important it is to drive traffic to your business and the keywords and the conversions and the clicks. And oh my God, it's fascinating. So Tony is green. You, you were 19 green, which tells me that you make your decisions based on analytics and your data and the facts, which that's, that's totally up your alley, like with SEO, because you can track all of it and you can make buying, you can see buying patterns and you can make decisions off of it. But what was interesting is your blue is 16, your orange is 14, your gold is 11. So with your blue being pretty close to your 19 at 16, you care. You actually give a fuck, <laughs> which there's a lot of people in SEO, and I don't mean to say this in a bad way, they don't care. And it, it, it does become a numbers game to them, but sometimes people get greedy and they start to do things they probably shouldn't do. And, but, and their blue is like really, really low because they don't have that empathetic human being touch. And so you describe, like if someone sat down and said, okay, Tony, let's talk an hour about SEO. Like you would break it down on the human level and like use fourth grade words so we could all understand because you care. You, you don't want to talk over people's heads. And then your orange is really close and at 14, which... I'm 24 orange, so I'm like all over the place. But it's like, again, you're not afraid to pivot. You're not afraid to get in front of the trends and take the risk. And, and it is a roller coaster ride. And there are ups and there are downs. And there's going to be a peak when something is peaking. And then it's like, okay, what's the next best thing and the next thing and the next thing? And like you're always in front of it. And sometimes people don't know what they're signing up for. But you know that you're going to have probably at least a good three-year run with something usually when it's new. I just think it's funny back then when people were like, what is an SEO expert? Because, I mean, still to this day, I have people, they're like, what's a CTA? I'm like, call to action. They're like, what's SEO? I'm like, search engine optimization. I'm like, do you have a website? Okay. Like, these are basic acronyms that you should know. And then your gold came in at 11, which means you are probably great at making a to-do list, but you suck at it. So you just delegated out, which is <laughs> me. I'm six yeah. gold. And like, I can make to-do lists all day long, but like, I've got to delegate. Otherwise nothing ever gets done. I have a bunch of ideas and I'm like, we could do this and this and this, you know, right. Yeah. But what are some things that people, even to take it back and like dumb it down, because you do know so much about SEO what are some tips that you could give people listening if they, if they, and, and we have a split, a mix. We have some new entrepreneurs that are new at SEO. And then we have some people that have been in business, business 30, 40 years, and they know they need to make a change and they need to educate themselves on digital marketing and, and SEO. Like, what would you tell yourself, your, your younger self, your less experienced self today that you wish you would have known about SEO? Yeah, well, I usually like to take things up a higher level even. And so one of the things I noticed that is the difference between the best companies and kind of everyone else is that the best companies have what's called a strategic plan. And so that is really what's missing because if you don't have the strategic plan, everything else falls apart. And what do I mean by that? Well, this was one of the biggest challenges I found because I, I mentioned I started an agency. In that agency, I noticed a lot of the clients were struggling because they didn't have this foundation. And it took me a while to figure it out. I said, okay, what's the difference? 
And it's really that strategic plan. The problem is no one's got the time, the expertise. They have none of that to actually pull it off, which is why I create a system called the results loop, which I have behind me. If you can see me on the video, but if you can't uh, through the podcast, I, you can download it from my website. But the point is, how do you distill a strategy in six simple steps? Because you're right. I always try to take very complex things and make it very simple. And this framework applies to anything you do in your business, but it really starts over here. The first, uh, there's six steps. The first one is your market. And so when you're doing SEO, the first thing you have to think about is who is your market? Because if you're just trying to come up for any term, A, it's probably gonna be too competitive. B, you might spend all this time and effort and money to get you ranked there just to find out no one's going, going to convert. And so a lot of times what I advise is before you do SEO, try an AdWords strategy, try to pay for some traffic. Why? Because you'll know very quickly, you can measure it, you can you know, see what converts, and then you do a longer term. So SEO is a long-term strategy, years sometimes, where AdWords is quick. And so you want to learn because time is money. You, you want to compress time and learn as much as you can as quickly as possible. So that would be the first place I start, you know, kind of a long-winded answer, but start with your market. Very important. Okay, but I want to know the other five things. <laughs> sure, yeah. I was like, okay, number one is market, but then yeah. what, 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 because I can't, I'm going to have to like go download it, but I'm like, ooh, what are these words on this circle? Yo, I'm very visually stimulated. So when I see like a model, I'm like, okay, what is that? What does it mean? Yeah, well, what I did was, and you can see it uh, on my, uh, behind me, it's on a blackboard because I made this, I'm a big whiteboarder. So I turned this into a printable kind of whiteboard where I can write on it. So I can literally do strategic playing on it. And it can be very simple. For instance, I took my daughter, she's a Girl Scout. And I took her through this process being in from, you know, Tennessee, I think that they were born there, right? So I, I use this to teach strategic playing, believe it or not, to Girl Scouts, because nowadays Girl Scouts, one of the things they have to do to get a badge is learn how to do a business plan. And so it's very similar. So what I did was I started with them. I said, okay, who's your market? Well, mom and dad, you know, I got the neighbors, I got, you know, the grocery store. So we define the different markets. The, the next step is to say, okay, what are your offerings? And offerings are your products and your services. And so for them, you know, I broke it down and say, okay, what's your most popular cookie? Thin mints. Is it thin mints? Thin mints, yes. I got it right. <laughs> yeah, and number two is Samoas. And, but this is a very practical thing, even for the Girl Scouts. So, because when you go and you sell, you go to door to door and you sell it, which one should you leave with? You should leave with the thin mints. And then you might want to upsell them, Samoas. So there's a, there's a reason behind it. And so this same practice would go into SEO. You want to make sure you're focused on the products and services that are making the most money, have the most profit, have the most volume, have some kind of rationale behind the search engine optimization. So that's step number two. Step number three is your value. Now this is a little bit more complex, but value essentially answers the question, why would they buy from you as opposed to anyone else or doing nothing at all? And it's really about transformation. The reason people buy from you is they want some level of transformation. So I call that the results bridge. You wanna take someone from where they are today to where they are in the future, their future self. And from a Girl Scout perspective, it might be just having them feel good because they're supporting a great cause. It could be, you know, they, they want something yummy or they want something to give their kids, you know, as a, as a you know, a, a snack. And so that's the value that you're providing. So you wanna make sure that's, that's, again, communicate on the landing pages where someone's going to as a result of the search engine optimization. And then from there, it's really the three ways to grow a business. Number one is you can increase the number of buyers. 
That's the search engine optimization strategy to get new traffic. That, in my experience, is actually not the best scenario. What I do with an established company, I actually start backwards because the lowest hanging fruit is to get your existing clients to buy more, which is loyalty. And then from there, increasing the size. This is why McDonald's says, do you want fries with that? You know, that whole strategy. So you really want these to work in tandem. And what the best companies do is they actually work on all these simultaneously. Because when you do that, you have what I call growth compounding or exponential growth. So if you focus on one of these and grow by 10%, your business is gonna grow by 10%. If you focus on five of them, you actually grow by 61%, which means you can double in, in a little bit over a year, the size of your business, if you do all, um, all these simultaneously. Okay, so if you're listening, you got to go watch this because you got to see what I'm seeing right now. And it's so smart and it's simple. And I love how you simplified it because it is cookie time right now. And my nieces, even though I'm like, I don't need the sugar. I'm like, okay. And then I end up with like $36 worth of Girl Scout box, whatever. And now they have, they do have the upsell of the lemon and the s'mores and those are 450. I'm like, I don't even care how much it costs. I'm like, just give me one of whatever. And then they had a little booth at the mall and, you know, it was all COVID friendly and they're going to with 600 boxes, which is a lot of effing freaking cookies. You guys, they sold out in two hours yeah. and I'm like the girl scouts, like, I love it. I'm actually part of a a new initiative. One of my business partners started, she used to work with the girl scouts and do all their programming and she came up with a, um, it's a nonprofit called Notably Her. And so it's for the Girl Scouts. I don't remember, like, I think it's like Daisy, Brownie, Girl Scout. But then when the, when the Girl Scouts get to be about 16 or 17 years old and they're out of cookie phase, it's like they just kind of drop off. Like there's nowhere for them to go. Mm. And so they created this entrepreneurship program, which I'm going to tell her about you because <laughs> you would be a phenomenal speaker for Notably Her oh, thank to you. teach these girls about the business side of things. But the thing that Girl Scouts is known for is cookies, but they also know from a business perspective that it's not smart to put all your eggs in one basket. And so they're starting to like branch out and do different programming to help girls once they are like past that 16, 17 year old and how to be a business person and how to get a scholarship through Girl Scouts for business entrepreneurship. So I love that you use that because it's like so fresh on my mind with that program recently. And I mean, this just, it makes so much sense. And as a small business owner, like I would say I was 10 years in before I understood or did any of this because no one ever guided me or taught me. And this was way before like podcast and YouTube. And it was cool to have like a consultant and a coach and everybody was sharing. But this stuff, like if you're a newer entrepreneur, you want to do this, like go through this. And if you're, if you're not new and you've been around forever and you haven't gone through all this to think about like, you said the value and what you're doing. It's a great, simple way to like break down the SEO. And y'all, SEO is a long-term strategy. It, this shit don't happen overnight. And I couldn't agree with you more to like pay for quick data to like get it. So I'm like geeking out right now because <laughs> this is like my, my talk. But tell us some more like, what are some quick ways that businesses can turn adversity like into opportunity? What are, what are a few things that they can do? Well, 
I use I eat my own cooking, so to speak. See, we almost have din- have to have dinner or something because it's cookies and dinner and bakery. And oh God, I'm gonna be hungry after this. But um, but I use this own my own system here to pivot myself. So uh, with my agency, I actually did a lot in travel and weddings and events. Uh, I work with some of the biggest brands and weddings actually, uh, and a lot of those were challenged, which affected my business, and so. I looked at my own, you know, kind of self and said, okay, how do I pivot? And I went exactly through this process to say, okay, what market's hot? You know, what, you know, what value can I bring? And what I discovered of all things, we're on a podcast. Uh, but what I noticed is podcast is gee whiz taking off. And so what I did was actually started a software company uh, with the intent to go into a new market, kind of explore something new, but really to prove this model. Because as I, I built this, I, as I mentioned, I had an agency. Then I started a training company consultancy to teach this system, but I realized it wasn't getting as traction. And the reason why is I needed a case study. I needed to prove it. And so what I did was I started a software company in November that I'm going to take to over a million dollars in less than a year by using this, these principles. So I, I thought it'd be kind of fun to do it myself. I've always wanted to have a software company I've done software before, but not for myself. I made lots of millionaires for other people, not myself. So I said, okay, I'm going to start that. So what I did was I said, okay, the market, podcasting, what do we need? Well, podcasters and guests, interviews, interviewees typically don't make any money. And so I started a brand called Kestasi, which the mission was to make podcasting profitable for both hosts and their guests. And so I created a whole software system around that. And then I just mentioned the value number i'm doing joint venture partners i'm doing affiliate sales i'm doing a whole bunch of things to drive the number size i have a way to ascend people to different levels like there's tiers for the software and loyalty there's there's a lot of hooks in there to keep people into the software so that they'll want to get better and better use out of it so i kind of took my own system and put it together really a very quick period of time just a few months that's so incredible though doesn't it feel good to like you know, for years, I'm like, I've done this for so many people. I never really sat back and thought about like doing a brand photo shoot for myself or doing videos like for myself to like teach all this stuff. And then it's like, we, we were blessed with COVID with the time of like, really, and, and you say something like one of the key takeaways is like, slow down to speed up. And I feel like that was the opportunity that that, you know, with the whole pandemic thing, people were like, oh, COVID. I'm like, well, actually for us, like our business is great. Like people need productivity. Yeah. And it also gave us an opportunity to like really slow down so that we could speed up and like slow down and look at the data. And do we really need private clients when we have online sales and we could do this and we could do that. And and again, so many people, like you're saying, like podcasts are booming, I just got off of a podcast and the guy was like, Hey, I'm new at this. I just started. How do you make money from it? Cause we're going into year six and I'm like, well, there's various strategies from it, but you definitely want to hire a strategist and like a professional or a consultant who has, like you said, proven numbers and who who've done it to know that it works because there's a lot of different strategies And, and we've changed our strategy over the years based on what we want and what our goals are, but also what our audience is asking for. But when you say slow down to speed up, what does that mean to you as a, as an entrepreneur? Yeah, well, it's kind of, I have a kind of interesting story about that. So one of the things I didn't mention 
uh, was, I, I mentioned I got an entrepreneurship degree. The other degree I got was actually in fine arts. I was a professional violinist. Uh, and really? So, yeah, yeah. And so one of the things I learned when I was with my teacher, you know, world-renowned teacher, recorded for Sony, Carnegie Hall, the whole bit. And, uh, you know, I, I was learning a difficult violin piece called the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto. And, you know, I'm 19 years old and I'm just kind of breezing through the hard stuff and kind of relaxing on the melodic stuff, the fun stuff. And he taught me that lesson back then. Like you have to play the difficult stuff, but you can't just breeze through it. You have to slow down in order to be able to actually speed up. And I use that, I mean, even now I have my violin right over there. And when I want to take a mental break, I go and pick it up and I play, but I still have that with me because if you really want to grow quickly, you have to slow down. And so that means having that strategic plan, thinking about what you're going to do. Because so many times people rush into, hey, I want to do SEO, I want to do Facebook without actually first identifying why they need to do it and what, you know, what tactics actually are going to work. And a lot of times they don't have success. I mean, how many times have we hired the wrong person, you know, waste of money in advertising, just, you know, where we are today is a function of, like it or not, the decisions we make. And a lot of times we make poor decisions because we don't think it through. We don't slow down to, in order to speed up. And sometimes I know myself, I mean, I, every day there is something where my assistant will ask me, do you want me to do this or this? Well, you know, what do you think? What do you like? And a lot of times like they'll split test things. And sometimes like I'm just random and I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Just do that. And then the next day I'll go back and I'll look at it. Like I did this last night on Instagram and I'm like, I know I said do that, but don't let me do that again. Like, because now looking at the big picture on the grid, it doesn't make sense, but I was so tired and emotionally drained when she asked me that question at 11 o'clock at night, because sometimes we don't get to catch up until 10 or 11 at night. My dog just got out of surgery. Like I'm emotionally Mm -hmm. like a mess and, you know, I'm just like making a decision. And sometimes like that's really not the best thing. And so sometimes it's better to let somebody else make the decision or let data make that decision for you so that you're not going back and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. And I can't even tell you how many courses I've built where I'm like, this is a good idea. People need this. People need to know this. And then no one buys it. And so it's like, that's where I've had to learn like before acting to listen to the audience, pull the audience, ask the audience, have test groups, have beta groups, have case studies, like this stuff matters. But I also know that shit's moving so fast in this world, especially like with influencer marketing. And I will say that as a, as a more professional business owner now with, you know, two decades in, you know, I've learned exactly what you're saying, slow down, And like, let's think it through. And it's like from a psychology angle, people have a lot of blind spots because they hire a bunch of people they like because they don't want to be pushed and challenged. But you really need all four colors. So your blind spots are covered so that you can build a machine from every angle and you're thinking about it from every angle. So that's like really important. So I also know that the you know, again, a lot of people, and I know, I know so badly, especially in hospitality, that COVID has been a really hard thing, but you've, you've taken it to a whole different level. So like, if there's one thing that you could tell business owners, like, listen, no matter what industry you're in, you need to be doing this thing. 
Is there something or some type of experience share or advice that you could give people that maybe haven't had the mindset that you and I had had, it sounds like, where it's like, okay, we've really, we've learned to pivot it, we've embraced it, and we've doubled our revenue, or we've grown over time, which I do think it comes down to the mindset and being surrounded by the right people or listening to the right podcast or the right YouTube videos. But what's the one thing that they're probably not thinking of that you would tell them to do? Yeah, well, I think you have to not put your head in the sand. You know, most people tend to do that. Like they want to pretend that things are going to go back to the way they were. And that is very unlikely. And so I think you have to get out of your comfort zone and explore other areas. Now, if you're profitable and you're growing, fine. But if you're not, you have to, you have to, you know, again, pivot. It's used so much. We can use the word adapt, but either way you have to change because if you don't change, you're going to be stuck. And also I would encourage you to look at what business you're really in right? So you may not be, I mean, years ago, you had the railroads, they were dominating, right? And then all of a sudden cars came along and they saw themselves as railroads instead of cars when really they're in the transportation business. So kind of dig deeper and say, okay, what business am I actually in? What's the purpose of what I'm doing? You know, you're seeing this with, uh, you know, yoga studios did this really well. A lot of times, you know, they're struggling, people aren't going in there, but they realize that they're about really making people, you know, healthier and have a better mindset. And so, they shifted to doing online. You know, you can take courses online and there's all sorts of businesses that, that kind of narrowed down or re, reposition who they were based on the need they saw, which goes back to the messaging I said before, like value, like what's the value of providing? It's not a product or service, it's kind of the result. People are buying results, they're not buying your product or service. So it's the result that comes from your product and service. If you start there, then you can kind of work backwards and figure out how do you, how do you get through this? It's so true. So if somebody um, needed consulting or wanted to up their game in marketing and SEO and digital, and can you explain to us like how your agency works? Like what are you focused on specifically as the entrepreneur? And then what are some things that your team members do to support small businesses that want to be better at this stuff? Yeah. So, um, I have an agency, I have a training company, and now I have the software company. The, the agency I'm kind of moving away from because I, I find these other areas more interesting, frankly. Uh, and so the training company and, and the coaching is really meant to help you dramatically increase your profitability, which is not the same as revenue. It's really about looking at your profitability. And you do that by, yes, growing your revenue, but also reducing your costs. And a lot of that is data-based as you, as you kind of surmise from my profile. And so that's kind of the training company. The podcasting software company has kind of a similar mission. So I guess I'm kind of really focused on profit just because that's really the core thing. If you don't have profitability, you're not going to be sustainable. You're not going to be around. And so the, the, the software company does that through, you know, for hosts and guests. And it's really about really three ways that I found to grow revenue doing this kind of thing. One, through sponsorships. Two, through joint ventures and affiliate sales. And three, by selling direct sales to, to the audience, maybe to the host, to the guests. And, and there's a, a variety of models, but that's kind of the software that's in alpha release. Now it's going to be going into beta in March. So for people that are listening that say, Oh, well, I want to do a podcast or I want to do more with podcasting and the podcasting agency that you're speaking of, 
Does a podcast need to have a certain amount of downloads or follows or what are the prerequisites if people want to work with the podcasting side of things? No, that's the beauty of it. Because what I noticed as well is that most people quit when they're only like six episodes in. And so I created the system so you can make profitability by day one. So for instance, one of the things I would be thinking about if I had a podcast, which ironically, I don't, I don't even have a podcast, but I don't you need, need a to. podcast, Tony. I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm working on it, but you know what? I know business. Tom. I know how to make money. <laughs> that's, yes. what, that's the angle. I know how to build software. So that's because I actually like being an outsider because I can call it as it is. Uh, but the thing is, the lowest hanging fruit is, is to monetize the guests. So if I had a guest on my show, I'd say, hey, why not sponsor my show? you get a benefit because I guess what, if I have a, a little bit of money, maybe I can throw it at a Facebook campaign. I can grow your audience. I can grow mine or I can shoot it out to my Facebook audience, my email. So thinking creatively, creatively like that, there's so many things you can do. And, or, you know, for instance, in my software, what I do is I monetize the booking process. Most people are using Calendly or something else with my system. It's actually free. And we, we give the opportunity to upsell the guests because when they get booked, it's actually part of a shopping cart process. So there's upsells right there to buy your course or you know lead magnets to give something away, something of value. So that's kind of the first place to start and it's something that anyone can do. So day one, you can actually be making money. No, you're not gonna be rich, but at least you can cover your costs because you know a podcast has an expense. This is not like, you know this isn't a charity, right? You have a cost for, for your time, right? You have a, I'm sure you have, a, well, I know you do. You have a VA, you have, the, the an distribution. editor yeah editor the distribution. So a designer exactly so why not at least break even and so a lot of times you can do that just by leveraging the the guests you know that's that's a place you know there's so much you can do beyond that but that's just kind of one example of what the software does so and i will also say because you you touched on a few times like and I actually it's funny i taught a class earlier today on affiliate marketing and how and, and a lot of the women, it was at a women's co-working space that were there. They're just like, this just seems like so much work. I'm like, listen, ladies, listen, nothing's easy. Okay. No. You got to put the work in. You've got to make sure that either it's courses or it's a product. The easiest thing for us was people keep asking me, what curling iron do I use? What steamer do I use to steam my, my linens? What podcasting shit do I use when I'm traveling? What luggage am I using? I'm like, I literally bought all this stuff from Amazon. So we became an Amazon yeah. affiliate, which is like the easiest program. And they're like, can anybody do that? I'm yeah. like, I think so. But like from a business perspective, I think you should still like have an EIN and a small, I mean, you yeah. still have to pay taxes on the commission yeah. every year, but then it's just not, Oh, here's my affiliate link. Go use it. You actually have to build it into your content strategy consistently to let people know about it. Yeah. And then I had other people that asked like, well, I want to start my own affiliate program. And I said, well, that's one of the reasons we built all of our courses on Kajabi is because they have a built-in feature right. on their platform. And then there's a PayPal pay. I mean, you know how it works, yeah. but it just shocked me that any, I asked the whole room, I'm like, how many of you are actually doing it and making money from it? And like, no one raised their hand and they're like, it just seems like so much work and so much time and effort and tracking. And it is a lot, but you know what? If you hire a consultant to build it for you, you make that money back 
You just need to make sure that you're, you own your audience, you're authentic and like you're tracking your stuff. So is that what your software helps do? Like, does it help track the affiliates? Yeah. It helps with a lot of that. I mean, and the other thing too, kind of related to affiliates is joint ventures. What people don't realize the way the fastest, Mm -hmm. the biggest companies grow. So when I did, I actually did a joint venture with Google and with Ford Motor Company, and that was how we grew. And so when I had that $400 million agency, it was by joint ventures through partnerships. And that's how big companies work. So little companies, they're just trying to skim together, you know, maybe a couple thousand dollars to throw at Facebook, not getting the traction. The best way to do is find people that already have your audience, partner with them and just give them a share. And that's what the biggest companies do. And here's the little guys thinking, oh, we have to spend our way to it. In reality, that's not really necessary. And that's that's another area that the software helps address. And it's crazy because I know like coming off of the wedding world, people are like, oh, commission, bad, under the table shit. And I'm like, no, affiliate market doesn't work like that. If I pay money to go through a course and I love it, why would I not become an affiliate, tell everybody else about it and make money off of it? Like there's nothing wrong with that because I invested in myself. So why would I not share it with others? So it's, it's a, it's a mindset shift thing for sure. For sure. sure. Yeah, absolutely. If people want to reach out to you and learn more about what you do, where is the best place for them to go? Yeah. So I have a kind of a personal website called meettonyg.com because of course no one can spell my last name. So (laughs) meettonyg.com, you scroll down all the way and you can follow me on social media, connect with me, you know, say hi. I'm very active, especially on LinkedIn. Uh, is a great place from a business perspective. And if you want to read more about my story, download the templates for the results loop. Uh, all that is completely free. I don't even put it behind a form because I just want people to have the information. Uh, you go to smallstepsmanifesto.com and all, all these things we've talked about here today are available there for download. And if you're driving or running, like, don't stop, keep going. And we'll put, like y'all know, Amanda puts everything in the show notes with all the links. And you guys really need to go check this stuff out. Like, especially the podcasting stuff and this whole, like, easy process of all these steps. It just, it makes so much sense. And I mean, you really dumb it down in a digestible way where it's not so overwhelming. So thank you so much for sharing this. This was amazing. You're welcome. My pleasure. Awesome. And everybody that's listening, thank you so much for your time today. I know you got lots of great nuggets. So be sure to go and connect with Tony on, it sounds like is LinkedIn your favorite platform? I I do like LinkedIn. I do like that. (laughs) And we'll put Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff down too. So be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Business Unveiled and everybody have a great day. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of Business Unveiled. Now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and GSD, get shit done, would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders? One thing that would really, really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights. And I want to know your aha moments. 
Until next week, remember, the profitable shifts and structures you're creating in your business help you be more present in your life. So get out there and GSD.